Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome back to another exciting episode of Christmas news. It's officially the Christmas season. Woohoo! Thanksgiving has come and gone. It is. And we're going to have a really fun episode today. First, we're going to go through our regular Christmas housekeeping. Then we're going to actually, we're, we're going to have some Hanukkah news. This is a Hanukkah takeover. It's Hanukkah news today. Yeah. Sarah Armour, a uh, friend of the pod, who we also both have another pod with. <laughs> is going to come on and tell us what it means to celebrate Hanukkah. And then we're going to regale you with the progress of our blockbuster Christmas special that is currently in progress. And what progress it has made. Molly, what is your Christmas cocktail today? My Christmas cocktail is a little bit of rooibos chai tea. Oh, do you like a rooibos chai? A rooibos chai. I don't think I've ever, I like them both, but have I ever yeah. had them together? Wow. It's great because you get the the Oprah-ness and the festiveness of the chai, but without any caffeine. So it's a really good nighttime detox festive seasonal drink, I would say. Wow. That is night. Okay. Yeah. Nighttime detox festive seasonal. Yeah. And a little bit South African too. You know, we got to, re- we got to represent always. What are you having? Um, I'm on the red wine again, drinking a petite Syrah by Bogle. Okay. Why did you choose that? To be honest, Dan chose it for Thanksgiving and then we didn't finish it because we grabbed like three bottles. So it's just hanging around the house. And I thought, you know, it's Monday night. Work just got crazy in the last half hour, and I uh, needed to pop one open to a transition nicely into our Christmas news festivities. Yeah, sometimes you gotta. Sometimes you just gotta. I really have to in the holiday season, and I realize like more and more what Sagittarius season truly means to me. Which is like, of course, the whole Christmas season is Sagittarius season, and of no, it's course, not. It's, it's also Capricorn. No, I know, I know, but the lead up, you know. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The parties, the this or that. And then Capricorn. Yeah, Capricorn is when it gets a little quiet and it is Christmas. And then you're just like chilling. And then it's New Year's. And then you're setting goals in the new year. Okay, we can talk about we can talk about Capricorn season when it's Capricorn season. But I realize I just can't help but drink wine during Every Sagittarius day. season and like overspend, overindulge. It's just all so sad. <laughs> How was Thanksgiving? It was great. Yeah, it had, I hadn't done Thanksgiving with the whole fam in a while. So it was like so awesome. We had all the best foods. My MVP is the mushroom casserole made by our Aunt Elle. So good. I had a couple pieces of that. I mean, my plate was stacked sky high. Dan and I did a little turkey trot in the morning, watched the parade, went to dinner and just loved life. Yeah, you guys all loved life so much as a family that you forgot to FaceTime me. That's true. I didn't know that that we had a plan to do that. 
I thought we talked about it, but you know, those messages fly through the WhatsApp group like so many yeah. silver Christmas bullets. So I, I get I get why it wasn't clear. You got to follow up. We're all like when we're at my grandma's house, like we just don't touch our phones anymore. It's like you're back in like the 90s or something. Like I just forget that I have a phone and mommy does that too. forget that you have a sister and mommy forgot that she had a daughter. I just really thought you were probably asleep already. I didn't know that we were supposed to FaceTime, but it makes sense now that you're saying it. It it does make sense that we would FaceTime. I I know. I I actually stayed up late like waiting for it to happen. Oh, no. I think we need to incorporate some of the pain that I felt into our Christmas special. Okay. Oh, yeah. That's great. Yeah, it was a really good beat, as we say in the biz. It was a good story beat. Yeah. Okay. Casey, let's talk about Black Friday and Cyber Monday. Awesome. Yeah, I have been participating big time. Um, Sarah told us will tell us later in the episode about the beauty of just letting your account, you know, just, just going crazy and like trusting God to pay back all of your debts, basically. So I- Right. There's always going to be enough oil in the lamp. There's always going to be enough oil in the lamp. That's what we, we've learned this Hanukkah. So I have bought a couple of sparkly dresses for the holidays and a couple nifty gifties. Yeah, that's that's most of what I've been up to. But, you know, I've been busy. I haven't been doing any gift shopping at all whatsoever yet. And for Cyber Monday, I just bought a bunch of Lululemon sports bras and some stuff for Nick because they were having like a really baller sale. But I am the best sports bras too. And I really want a really awesome pair of slippers that are made out of terry cloth. So if anyone has a recommendation, Hmm. let me know. I also am really hardcore on the lookout for sweatpants that you can wear to bed and work out in because I like to roll straight out of bed and maybe work out and walk the dog. So I can't really wear real pajamas anymore because I have to walk the dog all the time. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I gotcha. So I don't want to wear hard pants and I I just want to wear like sweatpants because leggings are really uncomfortable to sleep in. I know. Yeah, you can't sleep in them unless they're like, I don't know, old. Yeah, like an old, clothy, worn in. Yeah. Not stretchy. Yeah. So if anyone has a recommendation for sweatpants that you can sleep in and work out in and walk the dog in or really good terry cloth slippers, uh, that's that would be huge. Also, I have a recommendation to give to the world. Okay. Lululemon socks. Oh, I've never gone with the socks. I got them. When I was home, when mommy was buying her new yoga mat and they were a ripoff, it was $38 for three pairs of socks, but I was going ham because it was my first time in an American strip mall in six months. So I was like, there, it was, it was Shrewsbury, you know, the one in Shrewsbury, yeah. everything they've got Madewell, J crew, anthropology, Lulu, everything. So I was like, I just, I went crazy. So I got these socks and oh my God, they are so comfortable, thick, really nice compression in the arch. Ooh, so good. And I'm like rationing them. I'm like, like, I'm like digging through the laundry basket, like a drug addict looking for them so I can wash them and and keep wearing them. They're so, so comfortable. So I would say anybody who is buying something for like someone in their twenties or thirties, we all need good socks. 
for some reason, once you hit that adulthood age, your socks just dissipate and it's all you want for Christmas is socks. So Lulu socks, I would say. Big That's ticket. a great, yeah. Big ticket item yeah. for me this year. Wow. Okay. I didn't see it coming. They're so good. And it's just like, when you think about it, it's your foot. You're standing on it all day. Have you watched any Christmas movies in the past week? I watched The Grinch, The Good Grinch with Jim Carrey. Also, I do like the the animated Grinch. I would like to watch that too. But yeah, I watched The Grinch because our friend came over and we were all really drunk. And I was like, oh my God, what if we watched The Grinch? And it turned out to be the best idea ever because we all still remembered every line of the movie. I don't even remember watching it enough times to have memorized the entire first half of it, but I guess I did. It was just great. It was great. That that one holds up for sure. It really does. Like there are jokes in there that you miss when you're a little kid. And yeah. then they are a million times funnier. And Jim Carrey is just always funny. It was great. I might watch it again. I definitely need to make sure I see that. Because I don't think I like make sure to see that every year. And then when I do, I'm like, oh my God, this is freaking incredible. Want to know what I watched? Yes. The Princess Switch 3. Oh my God. Three Vanessa Hudgens. It was three Vanessa Hudgens. I'm surprised they didn't add a fourth in this time because that's what they did last on Princess Switch 2 is when the third one came around. Um, But this one was mostly about the third one. So that was a fun switch and it was kind of like a heist kind of situation. So, you know, it's fun to see these ladies in different, uh, different scenarios. A heist. A heist. Wow. I really. Star of peace from St. Nicholas himself. I do really like a genre switch. Mm -hmm. That's really hard to pull off. It's very campy, honestly. Like Vanessa Hudgens is well aware that it's crazy, but they're just all having a great time with it. Right, which is great. I mean, as long as they're having fun and they're making insane choices, I think it's worth doing, you know? And she's an executive producer on it too. Wow, get that money. So Mm -hmm. so the conceit of why they all look alike, I know the first two Vanessa Hudgens, the brunettes – are cousins, distant cousins. No, the yeah, they're allegedly maybe distant cousins. Like the queen is like, oh, well, we may have had some, we had some family that maybe moved to America many years ago. And so, then like the third, why does she look like them? She's the queen's first cousin, real first cousin, like for sure. Oh my god! So then maybe one day they'll bring in one of the Americans' first cousins. I mean, why not? They're probably you might as well. No, I guess they. I guess they got to stop somewhere. They didn't do it now. They but 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 I feel like they're gonna just keep going with these for a couple more Christmases. At least I hope so. Because why stop now? Right. To have the cousins be that identical is very strange. But I guess royal families do have a history of intermarrying. That's true. So there's not exactly a ton of genes to choose from. That's probably what. That's that's the underlying uh, truth under here that nobody's saying. This guy who does PR for Netflix or social for Netflix tweeted today, I'm not asking this to be rude, but genuinely curious. Why do people like the family stone? I remember hating it so much. Dang, that's savage. And then someone else said, I don't get it either. I rewatched it last year because people kept insisting it was good, but like they're all miserable people who hate each other. That's also true. I've ever seen. (laughs) The trick is to only watch Rachel McAdams moments. I hate it. I hate every character. I demand comfort in my holiday movies. Okay. So we're talking about the family stone. This is the ensemble. Um, it was billed. Someone replied in one of the comments and was like, 
the trailer made it out to be this really like madcap bamboozling fun crazy oh yeah and it's not it becomes very tragic um but yeah it's got diane keaton rachel mcadams and most of it is pretty dark when you think about it like they really don't like get along that well right right and i love it i think it's so good now that I'm now that you're saying all this, I've I haven't gone back and watched it again since the first time I ever watched it. But I remember mommy loving it too. Yeah. And I was just like, oh yeah, I guess that was good. But like I personally haven't gone back and watched it. I just loved it. It was just like a really fun, self-contained movie about a family that's like sort of dysfunctional, but they're not even that dysfunctional. All these people who are like, they're all terrible who hate each other. I'm like, oh my God, what's your family like? Because I didn't think they all hated each other. I'd have to watch it again now, honestly. They all hated her, Sarah Jessica Parker. Yeah, they all hated Sarah Jessica Parker. And I don't know, maybe this also, I think this is really a 2010s relic as well. I don't think people beyond the 2010s generation are going to really watch it. Mm -mm. Like, but to me it was huge because like it was when Sarah Jessica Parker was in Sex in the City and like there was just, it it was very buzzy. Rachel McAdams was the big, yeah. Yeah, it was buzzy when it came out. So I I think it is probably for a specific demographic or age group, but I, I love, I love it. I think it's really good. It makes me sob at the end every single time. This week for our ultimate Christmas special. For people who don't know, Casey and I are going to be drafting an ultimate Christmas special and recording it by the end of December. We, we are crowdsourcing what is going into the special week by week. Last week, the crowd decided that their favorite Christmas movie character of all time was Buddy the Elf, which we agree. You know, he he's he's a very strong character. He may seem simplistic on the surface, but he's just he knocks it There's out. There's layers. Of yeah. So this week we decided to figure out where our Christmas special is going to be set. The choices were London, New York City, small town America, North Pole, office building, road trip between different destinations, Christmas past, present, and future, and European castle. And the winner was small town America. By a hair, may we add. Really by a hair. We really nearly had a New York City elf movie round two, which would have been fine, you know. I know. We want to know how Buddy does outside of his new home, his second home. Right. Like, how's he going to do in the suburbs? Because that's different than New York. Even though, yeah, New York, we would have moved him to Brooklyn or something to to see him in a different, yeah. But yeah, small town America is very exciting. I think part of the reason why it was so close is because people, you know, people don't read the whole thing. And I think they thought they were voting about what's better, small town America or New York city. And I think, you know, it's, it it became (laughs) politicized. I do think it became politicized. And you, and we definitely both have a large New York contingent in the followers. Exactly. But a good amount of small town America contingent as well. So, you know, but we also have a lot of Europeans and they may never have been to small town America and they believe what they hear about it on the BBC, which is that it's full of really stupid racists. Yeah. Which it isn't necessarily right. At times it may be. Now I'm thinking we should have thrown Philly in there for, for good measure. What Christmas movie takes place in Philly? Like not like the sixth sense, but otherwise that's mostly not. Yeah. That's more of a fall movie. 
Well, it's a little bit scroogey, if you know what I mean. But um, okay. no, I know. I don't think there's any that really take place in Philly. But I mean, you know, we de- it, it might have won out if we had. You do have Santa running up the Rocky Steps. Yeah, you do. You certainly do. But yeah, so Small Town America is our spot. That's where Buddy the Elf's going to be. So Ma, what are we voting on this week? What's our next decision? This week, we're choosing who's going to be the villain or antagonist in Ooh. our uh, in our movie. So, so, so have- who was the villain in Elf? The dad? Yeah, I would say the dad. Because it's villain or antagonist. Right. Right, it's right, like right. it's not always going to be a comic book villain. Who's it might not got, be like, an evil person. It might be a resistant person. Yeah. Or a frustrated person or a busy person. Right. Just someone who, who keeps the, the main character from a, achieving their goals. So our first choice for this is a bit of a double agent because he is the hero of his story, but it's the Grinch. Wow. The Grinch v. Elf. Yeah, I don't know though. I think that's like it feels a little schmaltzy. Okay. Yeah, I get you. And also like the Grinch doesn't really belong in small town America. It doesn't really make sense. He lives on Mount um Crumpet, Crumpet. but but we we got to let the people decide obviously. Yeah. Then we've got Ebenezer Scrooge. Oh, then now that would be a nice um juxtaposition, I think. But actually, here's what I think we need to do. We need to consolidate Ebenezer Scrooge, the boss from Christmas Vacation, and the boss from It's a Wonderful Life, because those are um, all the th- three of the same genre of character. Right. There might even be a couple more bosses in the mix that we haven't even thought of. Yeah, just a bad boss in general. A bad boss, yeah. Because I think the bad boss is such a staple in Christmas films because the holiday is so wrapped up with how much money are you making for your family. And like yeah. your boss is going to be the one who's thwarting that for you. Yeah, and just he just stands for commercialism. Right, which is like what we're always supposed to be battling around Christmas and like throughout the year, but we're not actually battling it ever because this is a movie. You have to buy tickets to see it that's right our next one is the i'm gonna take this one off because it's too depressing ghost of christmas yet to come it's basically the grim reaper we don't need that yeah don't do that uh the dad from elf so he's a villain but he did change in the end he did but couldn't you see him like reverting continuing to antagonize buddy now that buddy is maybe a father of his own like maybe he retires and gets really bored. So now he's like fixated on like, I don't know what, like, I don't know. He's yeah. fixated on like building certain things or something. I don't know. He's fixated on something and Buddy's not really fitting into the, to the plan. Yeah. So then the next one is Joe Pesci from Home Alone. Okay, great. That, that would be wild. Yeah. He's just trying to steal from Buddy all the time. Yeah. Uh, Also, whoever wins this is going to, like, once we know who the villain is, we can come up with what our, like, main source of tension is going to be. Like, when we know who's going to be thwarting Buddy, we we can figure out what his goal is. So that's going to be something to discuss next week, which is going to be fun. Okay. Then we've got the bully from A Christmas Story, um, the (laughs) one with yellow eyes. Does he have his little sidekick with him? Yeah, and his toady. We'll give him his toady. 
you know, this makes sense because remember when um, Buddy got into that um, snowball fight? Yes, exactly. Bullies, it's a riff on that. But this bullies, bully would be a, a little bit stronger than those guys. Yeah, bullies pop up now and again. Yeah, in, especially in Christmas movies, for sure. Yeah. Now we've got a trifecta of villains. Okay, okay. who's our trifecta? This is I, – I really hope it's one of these. Snape and Die Hard. Yeah. Snape, Snape and Love Actually. Yep. And Snape as Snape because there were some Halloween scenes that really went, went off in the Harry Potter movies. And Christmas – I feel like he probably had a Christmas moment too where he was misbehaving. That's what I meant. I meant Christmas. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. I mean there's definitely Halloween stuff going on. But yeah, yeah Snape as Snape. Snape in Love Actually and Snape in Die Hard. Who is the Snapiest? Yeah, which is the Snapiest Snape? Yeah. I mean, Snape. Snape in Love Actually versus Buddy the Elf in Small Town America. That's so weird. I think it's my favorite. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And then the final... Or <laughs> Snape as Snape and Buddy the Elf because of the book. <laughs> that would be so weird. Okay, Black. Okay, what would you say? The final one. The final one. Uh, we're gonna have a chance to have a woman again, and I'm sure you guys will vote her out in round one once again. It is Sarah Jessica Parker in the Family Stone. Yeah, just bad vibes all over the place. Yeah, but I also felt bad for you. You feel bad for her until the scene where she starts saying that no one would ever wish that their child would be gay. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then you're like, oh my God, wow, you actually are as bad as they all think you are. But in the beginning, I think that Amy, Rachel McAdams, is being mean because she's telling everyone ahead of time not to like her and being like, oh yeah, she sucks. She has this throat clearing noise, blah, blah, blah. It's like, that's just mean. Like, why are you doing that? Because she had a, she caught a vibe. Caught a vibe. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but then Sarah Jessica Parker ends up being nice at the end. Yeah, she was just with the wrong brother. Okay, this is going to be a really fun one. I'm really excited about the villains. Yeah, definitely. Who's who's your favorite? Yeah, probably Snape and Love Actually, because he's such a villain. He like that's a villain, you know. Do you think that they hooked up? Well, the girl's a vil- the girl's kind of a villain too. I know it's really on the husband more so, but she is really like going for it, you know. Yeah. Um, but- I think we're supposed to be okay with that in this day and age. We're supposed to just be like, hey, she wasn't married, which I hate. I No, I mean, he's the one that took a vow, but took a vow. Took a vow. (laughs) (laughs) But she was really, I mean, pushing for it. But anyways, um, he would probably, I mean, any of these would be interesting. I, I think Dad from Elf is my least favorite. Because we've already seen that play itself out. But what do you think? Well, you didn't answer my question. Do you think Snape hooked up with his secretary in Love Actually? Oh, um, I actually don't think that he did. But I think he bought her a necklace instead of buying his wife a necklace, which is actually fucking worse. Like, I'd rather find out that my Mm. husband, like, actually hooked up with someone than bought her a necklace, I think. (laughs) Is that messed up? No, because... It's emotional cheating. It was a necklace and love. Yeah. And he bought her, he bought his wife a CD. Get the frig out of my stupid life. Yeah. Seriously. Just. just It was a necklace and love. But I don't think it was a necklace and love. I think it was a necklace and a midlife crisis. Not to make an excuse for Snape. But I 
I just feel like I don't think he actually liked her. I think he just yeah, was he, like, oh my God, someone finds me attractive. I can't believe it. That's the thing. Like he, he didn't come up with this idea. She kind of came up with the idea and he went along with it. Right. Which he shouldn't have done because he's a dodo. Yeah. Yeah. He got, he caught a vibe. Kind of vibe. <laughs> Baby, are you coming for the ride? Sarah Armour is waiting in the wings. I'm going to let her in. And this is suddenly going to become Hanukkah news. So pretend that you're hearing uh, your favorite song from Fiddler on the Roof instead of our Christmas sound effect. And here we go. We are joined by the spirit of Hanukkah personified. She's an astrologer. She's a comic. She's a Jersey girl. It's Sarah Armour. Shalom, everybody. Shalom. Happy Hanukkah, Sarah. Oh my God. Thank you so much. You know, I, I don't tend, I don't love the Jewish holidays in general. A lot of them are kind of dark, but Hanukkah is, uh, Hanukkah is one of the fun ones. What are you, are you doing anything for Hanukkah right now? Well, you know, when you're somebody who lives on sort of the miracle of light as a pra- like I feel like for me Hanukkah is every day do you know what I mean like making one day's worth of oil last for eight I feel like that's kind of uh the story of my own personal abundance and I'm carrying on that legacy for the Jews every fucking day of my motherfucking life oh my god so like Hanukkah is the original story of avoiding overdraft well in fact it's it's less about avoiding overdraft. Sometimes it's unavoidable, but it is the story of getting the overdraft fees back and then some. <laughs> it's the story of getting on the phone with the bank and being like, mm-hmm. this wasn't fair. Yeah. This iced coffee was $5 and I had 516 in my bank account. You shouldn't exactly. have overdra- overdraft me. Wow. Well, that shouldn't have overdraft me and then charged me a $40 fee for mm. the next you know what I mean and and I've had this experience multiple times where like I have been on the phone with the bank I've been so deep in the hole and and somehow some way not only have the overdrafts been lifted the fees been lifted but then like you know the the branch manager buys a session and there we go I've all of a sudden created a miracle out of what only seems like a tiny bit of oil which was like that 16 cents that I just didn't have left amazing beautiful wow that's an inspiration that's a Hanukkah inspiration if I've ever heard one Can you go through the actual literal story of Hanukkah just for those of us who haven't seen the Rugrats Hanukkah special in a few years? Okay, so if you guys, um, what I'm curious about, I'm I'm, to do this, I'm going to actually take a shot of whiskey because this is going to be, I want to just preface it with it's easier for me to do this in the vein of drunk uh, history so that I'm not actually on the record. As some kind of an expert, I want to be known as the comedy rabbi, you know? Well, drunk history is usually more real than than actual history well it's like, the same, history, you know? it's like when you get drunk and you're like okay i just want to be honest you're my best friend it's like that's the thing that needed to be said so like, i did that for on sam's podcast to explain thanksgiving to british people no and are we twins or what i know and we did the same thing on friday to watch hyanna the musical everybody go check that that out on space trash it was honestly our funny it was our funniest it's thing it's actually so fucking ridiculous when i listened back i was your editing is perfect i was so pleased thank you i've been enjoying it ladies i haven't finished it yet but but a real treat a real treat it's, it's dumb it's dumb as fuck but i think it really worked and it's funny because also you hear us both realize at the exact same moment that it was a bad idea. I'm going to get into the sort of history of Hanukkah and the Festival of Lights, but I'm curious, like, as as Christmas heads yourself, you know, Team Jesus, what is your, 
like, you know, I always say, like, what's your relationship with astrology? Like, what do you guys think Hanukkah is? The episode of the Rugrats. Yes. Right. Which, so Tommy's like the Maccabee. The Maccababies. The Maccababies. Okay, that's cool. And he's yeah. got Maccababies. is funny. I love Maccababies. That's a good one. Yeah. Shit. We learned all about all of the Jewish holidays through Rugrats. And we learned about the existence of Borscht. Oh, Yeah. I feel like there was an episode with Santa Claus, too, though. It's a non-denominational show. But now I'm like, was there a Ramadan episode? Was there a Kwanzaa episode? I do hope that if we are going to do any kind of Rugrats uh, remake of any sort, I know they're really into remaking now, that we include um, not just the Jewish and not just the Abrahamic holidays. Mm. Here, here. Yeah. So, yeah. So what do you guys know about Hanukkah? And then I'll, and then I'll tell you what I know. Oh, yeah. That's it. You just watched the Rugrats. That was how yeah. you got what you know. The Rugrats. Yeah, but I was even... Even that is gone a little bit now. So I know that there's eight nights. Yep. Crazy nights. Yeah, eight crazy nights. Well, that song by Adam Sandler, that's informing my my mind as well. But I am a little embarrassed that I don't – I really feel like I don't know enough. Yeah, I know that there was a little bit of oil. They burned it for eight nights and had light for eight nights, which I think saved someone. They were hiding from the Romans. I think it was the Greeks, actually, but pretty mm-hmm. close. Or maybe it was the Romans. I think, but you know, at that time, what's the difference in a way? You know, mm-hmm. uh, mythology, mythology, Greeks, Romans, shmo, shmo, shmo. Um, mm-hmm. But very good, ladies. Very good so far. So here's what I can tell you from what I know. So if I remember correctly, the year was somewhere around 200, which is many, many moons ago. So it was around 200, and, you know, since the beginning of time, I would say, the Jews have been persecuted. Now, let me be clear. I get it. A lot of us, very annoying, okay? No. Uh, very, no, very not. greedy. We've been traumatized like the white people have never known, you know? So I think that um, Well, you I know understand. we are your biggest fans of you and everyone. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, the Molshines love the Jews. Let me let yeah. me be crystal fucking clear. So anyway, around 200 BC, uh, the land of Israel was um, seized by, I believe it was Antiochus III, who, he was kind of a son of a bitch, but, why, what's that face? Because that was a deep cut to know that it was Antiochus III. Well, I'm only remembering because as I was uh, preparing for this by smoking outside, I was listening to... 2x speed history channel the history of <laughs> hanukkah so exactly i would not have remembered for sam's yeah. podcast yeah would not have remembered antiochus but i remember learning about it in hebrew school so i thought okay once it re-registers it's like when you remembered a cartwheel or you know what i mean like you never stopped getting to ride a bike so it's like i listened to the story and i'm like okay I, I got the bike I, I can ride right but so yeah so antiochus the third was um the king of he he, he overtook Judea, the land of the Jews, and he was like pretty cool. He wasn't totally pro-Jew, but he wasn't anti-Jew. It was sort of like separate water fountains, but equal kind of vibes. But then he dies. His son, Antiochus the Fourth, uncool. He was like, okay, my dad was way too lax with y'all. The Jews can stay here, but I'm gonna start peer pressuring everybody into eating pork to prove that you are one of us, one of the Greek, you know, bad bad dudes, right? Oh my God, this is like the like BC prehistory bathroom bills. Exactly. Wow. Okay, we are smart. Anyway, so 
so yeah, so so Antiochus the Fourth comes into power. He's forcing everybody to eat pig. He's forcing everybody to worship the Greek gods. And you know, around sixteen, I have no idea. I don't know the date. One hundred and sixty-nine, maybe. I just remember sixty-nine because sixty-nine. But That's anyway, right. his soldiers, uh, Antiochus the Fourth, um, you know descended upon Jerusalem, massacred a lot of people, desecrated the Holy Temple, and basically created an altar for Zeus where sacrificing pigs was like kind of the, the you know, what is it, what is it called? The, the rate, it's like how you get in. Oh, the, the price, price of admission. Price of admission. Thank you, Molly. You always know what I mean. So, <laughs> so basically, sacrificing pig, which is the sort of the one thing the Jews won't do, or hypothetically in the you know in the ancient testament, the pigs were our friends. They were like dogs. We don't eat them. And um, the Jews, some Jews went with it. Some Jews flipped the fuck out. Okay, so there was a Jewish priest. It's not Matthias, maybe Mattathias or whatever. He had five sons. There was also Hannah. She had seven sons. There were a couple big families that were like, fuck this shit. It's not about the pork or not the pork. It's about you being a dick. And Mm -hmm. we are going to harvest whatever we have left of our resources and flee to the hills. Because right now, home, Jerusalem, is not home. You guys are turning it into a Zeus water park. And we're not fucking here for it, especially if the only thing on the menu is pig, right? So they flee to the hills and they kind of start to um, build a uh, sort of an altar, like a a version of the temple of Jerusalem, just to kind of, um, you know, it's like a home away from home. What are you going to bring when you're on a vacation to make it feel like home, right? So they started to build sort of like a mock um, temple of Jerusalem, blah, blah, blah. They keep being persecuted. Well, finally... This dude, Judah, and especially his son. So the Maccabees actually weren't the Maccabees. It's sort of like if if my family long-term became known as the Luke Armors or like even the the Mighty Lukes because Luke, my brother, is sort of the (laughs) the Judah Maccabee of the family because he is the one who is now leading the way in terms of uh, providing us cat. The cat's eating the bag. Hey, I'm on a podcast. Yeah, Oscar's eating everything inside. He's eating the Christmas tree nonstop. Oh, good, good, good. You can't, can you hear the cat eating the bag or no? No. Okay, great. So it's fine. Okay, so anyway, blah, 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 blah. There was a son. Judah had five sons. Wait, wait, wait. So why was the Maccabees not the Maccabees? Because one of the sons' name was Maccabee, which meant hammer. And he uh. was the son that was like, yo, dad, I say we fucking fuck these Greek motherfuckers up. Oh, my God, I in, bet he was so When they so come hot. to our house. What, Judah or Maccabee? Maccabee. Well, it's a great name. Hammer? Hello. I know. Exactly. And it's almost as if they made it for the Rugrats. It's like, that's where it's so beautiful. Like, divine timing always wraps back around, you know. That could be another good musical, ladies. Dude, we're taking... It's all about Maccabee. Maccabee. No, no, the Maccabee... The Maccabee Ottoman Empire could be fabulous. I'm just talking about the the lazy boys that we invented after we had the seven days of light. Anyway, so, so... the youngest or, or, or one of the Maccabee, one of the Judah sons, a.k.a. the hammer Maccabee was like, Dad, we're fighting the fuck back. So when the Greeks tried to arrive at their house and demand that they eat pig in front of the community or else they will be slain by Zeus, etc., etc., the Maccabees were like, fuck you, we're fucking you up. And they basically took all the weapons in their arsenal, including their goddamn motherfucking fists, and beat the shit out of an enormous Greek army so all of a sudden we've got some power jews these are the this is where i don't want to take too much credit but the fact that i have jewish athlete family i feel that these were the jews that are what remains of the jewish athlete uh 
category, right? There's like six Jewish athletes in the world, and one of them is my brother. So I want to say I think I was a Maccabee. So I'm saying, but um, basically they they fucking beat the shit out of the Greek army, which was unheard of, and you know they really they really stand stood firm in their resistance, right? So then we they- I really like how the holiday is is not for them beating the army. It's for the really nice part afterward where they made the light. But so it's like, it's yeah. nice. Oh, I could not agree more because th- here's the whole thing with the Jews, right? Whether or not you, so even at this time in my research, as I was listening on two speed right before this, what I realized is that like, even now, when you look at the Jewish population, it's a very fractured group, right? Like I'm a reformed Jewish comedy rabbi. Uh, not ordained versus like there are people in in south brooklyn who are hasidic jews who don't pay taxes and look like they're wearing a costume right so the, I, we are yes we're jewish but it's it's not the same right well even at this time what i just remembered is that there's actually even at this point a huge amount of fracturing among the jewish people because and, and i say this again as somebody who's constantly overdraft when you're in a constant state of survival which actually the jews have had to operate in um what ends up happening is you disagree about what values you are or are not going to hang on to so as to not be murdered by the by the population right so there's all different sects of jews at this point some are like no we're not eating pork the one thing that we have is that that's one of our rules the pigs are 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 our home animals that's like our doggies we're not gonna fucking eat them versus some that were like whatever we'll eat it and survive and you know what i'm saying and there's not one right or wrong but at this point already there were fractions of jews some were believing the written uh talmud the written first testament as law somewhere some were observing the written text as well as you know sort of the um the passed along traditional storytelling from from you know the past etc etc there were all different there were all different sort of sects but the one thing that the Jewish faith remains firm on, which as a Reformed Jew, I do feel this, is that at the end of the day, if you surrender that God is not going to be another person that shows up with great abs and is a carpenter and really makes us look good and that, that so good, in fact, that they kill him at 30. No, no, Jesus was the fucking man. And we, I don't feel that we give enough credit to Jesus as a Jew for being the motherfucking goat of the Jews. He's the greatest of all time. Okay, Mm -hmm. and and but but he caused a huge stir among the people, in fact, so much so that it caused him to be, you know, murdered young and then revered and then, you know, bastardized over the next, you know, 200, 2000 years just because people loved him so much. But they were just using him at that point because celebrities, they're trash, but the astrology can help us understand. You know what I mean? Exactly. And then. So anyway, the bottom line is also, the one like, thing that it was like the year zero. He probably would have died a year later just from like stepping in a puddle anyway. I agree. I mean, honestly, this guy was so loving. You know, he wasn't wearing condoms. You know, he wasn't getting vaccinated. It's <laughs> like I do feel like he on in a way killing Jesus prematurely, murdering Jesus prematurely was probably good for his PR long term. I was like, well, oh. that's hell yeah. Hell yeah, but that's also something that really bothers me about a lot of like Christianity is like how everyone remembers Jesus dying on the cross. And I'm like, did you pay attention to what this guy said? That is not how he wants you to remember him. He wants you to remember turning water into wine. That was his big 
moment okay that is what i've been saying it's like i love i want to be clear like i don't like i'm not like i love religion but i have an enormous respect for faith which is ultimately what i'm getting at here with the jews which is at the end of the day what the jews and what jesus all have in common is that when you surrender to god i mean is everybody an aa jewish come on when you surrender to god as the ultimate source of love and uh you know, sort of universe as your guide, there are miracles available. There is infinite possibility when you, ego person, don't try to control the narrative or don't try to uh, figure anything out. Because when you've been persecuted for all of the written history of, of humans, you know, at a certain point, you're like, fuck the plan. Okay, we didn't plan on a lot of this shit, but we survive. Why? Because we believe in God. And God is not necessarily Jesus, although he was one of the good ones in terms of just like people on the Mount Rushmore of Jews. But he, what ended up happening after his uh, death was really not what he meant. You know, the Christians are less Christian than any of the Jews are, which is the sort of irony of the whole thing, right? Yeah, like Jesus didn't want me to go to a true love waits retreat and look at a picture <laughs> of a giant dick with genital warts on it. He no, never she- was like 2,000 years from now, there's going to be a girl and she's going to be traumatized and she's g- never going to have a one night stand in her life because of this retreat that my <laughs> followers are going to put her through. Bro, the guy was early on mommy porn. His mom is Mary. His wife is Mary. She's a prostitute. This dude is no judges. Okay, that was like sort of the right. essence of Jesus. Mm-hmm. What is is the Jewish God an old man with a beard or is it a vibe? Well, it's funny that you ask this because this actually was what my bar mitzvah Torah portion was about, where I actually said that God was a woman. Mm-hmm. So I was the original Ariana Grande. I've been saying it was a woman. But I think what the Jews would refer At your bar mitzvah? Yeah, and I got in a lot of trouble, actually. Oh, my God. Like, you're so ahead of your it? time. Did you say it in Hebrew? I said, you believe God is a woman. <laughs> no. I said it during my speech. So everybody during their bar or bat mitzvah uh, gets a Torah portion, which they read in Hebrew. In my case, I just I brought the English transliteration uh, phonetically on stage with me and I just I wasn't gonna memorize that shit I'm not here to fucking do tropes but do it in Hebrew I mean I did it in Hebrew but I used the fucking cheat sheet why not don't waste my time studying Hebrew okay but (laughs) I read my Torah portion and then we sang it now again I I say it all the time I'm very very proud my Torah portion was the only pop song to ever come out of the Bible so I'm really really proud to you everything turn 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 moon cycle my purpose okay so anyway what ended up happening was that I did my so after you do your Torah portion you do like a talk like a TED talk but you know sort of like from the Bima as your leader now now that I'm a woman here's my what my covenant with God means to me and my opening sentence was it's not about what is God what is God it's about what color lipstick does she wear and does she have enough okay so my brand (laughs) has remained you said it's what I said my brand has been my brand has been my brand I've been wearing one raisin since I got my period okay so like I'm exactly I'm exactly this okay he's nothing if not consistent nothing if not no I mean I I actually have been shocked at the level to which I am unable to evolve completely so that's kind of interesting (laughs) you didn't need to you were already there you already I'm an original to the destination now you're just chilling I'm a fucking original but this is the point about Hanukkah so if you you got in trouble for saying God is a woman then they that means God is 
that actually wasn't what I got in trouble for. What I actually got in trouble for was that I recorded a audio um, of myself playing the part of God. And they they asked me not to do a sort of call and repeat thing <laughs> with the recording of myself that I planted in the back of the synagogue. And I was like, fuck this shit. We're doing theater. And I did it anyway. And I got in trouble for that. <laughs> It wasn't actually about God being a woman. It was about the fact that I then had my voice of God recording playing from the back of the temple. <laughs> Who did wow, you there's layers to this shit. There is layers. Yeah, yeah. My mom. My mom obviously cleared it up for me. Go Myra. Yeah, yeah. Myra taught me to be a rebel with a cause. So I think I'm doing okay. But anyway, Amazing. the bottom line is what the Jews all can agree on, including our boy G, Zus is that faith in spirit, right? God, in to me, in the Jewish religion, God isn't like, you know, a guy, a white guy with a beard. He is, or, or, or God is an, you know, ever-present, loving support system that if you surrender to, you will be met with miracles. Now, there are some rules. Pork is one of them. Did I just have a bacon, egg, and cheese? Certainly. So am I still on the pork train? Honestly, watching Babe affects me more than the Talmud. You know, I, I understand that pigs actually do have feelings, and I don't want to eat my my dog best friend. Yeah, but, but the plants moment, have feelings too. What? Well, right. I don't eat vegetables either, so I think that's... <laughs> <There's> the other <laughs> thing. <laughs> they say... Does wheat have feelings? Wheat Actually, the only thing that doesn't have feelings is sugar and caffeine, and so that's pretty much my uh, ethical way of living. By exactly. Choice. I read in Christopher Hitchens' book, God is Not Great, which is a book all about atheism, which I, I feel like when you say – like I've met a lot of people who identify as atheists, and I'm like, calm down. You know what I mean? Like calm yourself, first of all. Second of all – you. To say that you know that there's no bigger force is just as insane as to say, I know exactly who it is and he carries a cane and he has a white beard. That's exactly my thought. Like when I, when I, atheists bother me only because I'm like, oh, you're so atheist that you're going to tell us what God is not. It's like, you're exactly the fucking same. But so in, and and it's like, it's like when people are like, I don't believe in astrology. And then you're like, give me your birth info then. They're like, I'm not giving you that. It's like, oh no, you actually do believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're like scared of it. So I was reading that book because it is a really good indictment of organized religion, which I think everyone should have, you know, look, look sideways at because it's responsible for a lot of bad stuff in the world. But it said that the reason why um, Jewish and Muslim faiths prohibit pork is because it's the closest thing to human flesh. Wow. Now I was even, I was making it about man's best friend, but you're saying it's like man. Yeah, like I guess someone back in the day uh, accidentally ate a human or something and realized that it tasted a lot like a pork chop. Damn. And that was why they were like, we can't eat it because they are like us. It does give some context to um, like Silence of the Lambs and people that live a cannibal lifestyle though because it's like, okay, it tastes pretty good. Yeah, it tastes like bacon. I mean, that's true. Good to know as we enter this zombie apocalypse that, like, if you guys need to get eaten, I will use your whole body and I will revere it. Yeah, serve it up with some fava beans and a nice Chianti. Fava beans and a nice Chianti. Exactly. <laughs> What's that and, from? And Hello, then he goes, <laughs> Yeah, dude. Was- that's one of the – no, that's, like, the most iconic line from the movie, I would say. Other than, hello, Clarice. Yeah. It's from Signs of the Lambs. 
Okay, I have never fava seen that. Bean. I'll serve it up with some fava beans and nice Chianti. He's now turned into Sean Connery, <laughs> but it's also, it is a similar vibe. After the Jews had the Chianti of the Greek army, they made, they made, <laughs> they made brisket out of the Greek army and served it up with a nice Chianti. They, uh, they didn't have anything really left. I mean, I think war takes it out of you, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, they had a menorah, which I believe before Hanukkah, again, glad I'm drunk so that you don't take me that seriously. I believe before Hanukkah, and I actually might just be making this up. Before Hanukkah, the menorah might have just been the way we did candles. I think so. It seems helpful. The candelabra. It was just like a, a candelabra, from, right. Yeah, Beauty and the Beast. Right, exactly. Or candles all the time. So... So basically what they had was a candle so so they 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 fought off the Greeks they were feeling kind of you know feeling themselves or feeling themselves it's like we are athletic we didn't even have weapons we didn't have an army and these like families just fucking stood up to the big bad small dick Greek bullies and won but then they were like out of resources because again war takes it out of you but what they did have to get through the dark winter, dark winter night was just a tiny bit of oil. So instead of preserving it or saying, no, we don't want to overdraft on oil or whatever, they're like, let's just light it and trust that this will um, be enough fire and light to keep us safe at least for the night and then we'll figure it out in the morning. Well, wouldn't you know? Miracle of miracles. The, the tiny bit of gas or the t- tiny bit of oil that they had ended up lasting eight crazy nights and you know through those nights we were able to have fire and and food and sustain you know eight days of good thinking in the in the remote darkness i think can you know we've all gone on meditation retreats like i think it's sort of a meditation retreat of the jews and uh it lasted eight nights and it shouldn't have there was only a tiny bit left why can i live in such a way where i don't technically have money in my bank account because miracles and the jews rely on miracles and ultimately why hanukkah is such a if some people are saying no it's a commercialization of they're just trying to compete with christmas sure sure maybe but ultimately why if you're a sort of you know positive thinking jew why is hanukkah an important holiday and for me why it's maybe my favorite other than sukkot of the jewish holidays is that it's actually about the philosophy of which I live, which is that what you can see and what makes sense logically is not how miracles work. But when you actually put love ahead of everything and you put protecting your family and you put protecting your uh, beliefs and your values before anything else, God will fucking toss you a layup that changes the game. And that really is the philosophy I live by, which, I mean, even when you read Marianne Williamson's books or anything with the Course in Miracles, miracles are not just the, the, happen, the happening of magical things. It's just when you shift your perception out of the, the, the thoughts that have you thinking that you know, your ego self knows, and going, you know what? I'm going to have faith, and I'm going to surrender the things I think I know to this higher source, then miracles. Even just that shift in perception is the miracle. And that's why Hanukkah to me is the coolest because it's like, yes, yeah, beautiful. Yeah. I mean, I'm a fucking, I'm a fucking modern, you know, unordained rabbi. You really are. That really was beautiful. Devastating. Like if, like, if you were Mary Cosby, I would join your cult. <laughs> well, I think I am. And I think you are. Everybody come to the moon. Yeah, I think we already floor. did, Ma. <laughs> yeah, Call yeah, the moon. Yeah. We're doing moon rituals and you're, you have a high level position in the universe of which we are pitching to get miracle dollars from. So we're good. <laughs> so, so now let's fast forward to today, 
what what is Sarah Armour doing for Hanukkah this year? Every day is Hanukkah. Every day is Hanukkah. <laughs> Every day I'm Hanukkah. I mean, what am I doing for Hanukkah this year? Well, starting tonight, I am going to, um, you know, I might get takeout. I'm going to um, remember all the times this year that I have actually lived on miracles and over the times in my life that I've actually lived on miracles. And uh, I'm going to I'm going to organize a manual for the fourth that, that actually is just motherfucking dynamite and heals the collective. I mean, that's sort of my plan. I don't know. What are you guys doing? Uh, I'm going to think about miracles also. I have two questions. I believe in miracles. Can you give us an example of a miracle in the past year that you like lived on that you weren't expecting besides me inviting you to now co-host a podcast together? I mean, that was obviously the first and foremost important miracle of my year. Right, right, right. Space trash. Like Second one was us making it a bachelorette uh, side pod. Not only that, but the fact that bachelorette sounds so much like trash, Lorette. Yes. I mean, that's two miracles. It was a two-pronged miracle. So what is one of those miracles? And then I also want to hear how you celebrated Hanukkah as a kid. And sure, sure. Like what your presents were and stuff and how, you know, stuff like that. Certainly, certainly. Okay, well, I guess I'll, to the story I was alluding to before. There was a there was a time about six months ago when I was here in Harlem and I actually had overdrafted because I misunderstood the conversation between Liz Barrett, homeowner, cat owner, and myself about when I was supposed to be cat sitting. So I last minute found out that I had I was supposed to be here four days earlier. The cat could be dead. After the Moonule, I just went to Amtrak, bought a ticket. Now, it was a Mercury retrograde. There were all sorts of shitty, um, you know, snafus happening, wherein for the first time ever, when I got a PayPal refund, instead of going right into my bank account, it just remained in PayPal. So this is where it all started to go wrong, which is that I bought an Amtrak ticket to come right up to New York didn't realize that I had overdrafted on the TIFIC because for whatever reason, my money was sitting in PayPal bank instead of my bank. Okay, oops, LOL. Then for a series of about, honestly, like seven, seven to eight crazy nights, I just could not be helped. The people who I usually ask for, hey, can you send me 25 bucks before I overdraft? Could not. No one had money. Desi has no money. Nobody has money. And um, I had to live, I had to eat, I had shows, I had things to do. So I actually got so overdraft that I was like, I'm going to say I was around $900 overdraft um, by the end of this, by the end of this phase. Okay. I wish I gave you money. I didn't know it was that bad. I knew about the four days late could be dead cat thing. (laughs) Well, the cat's alive and I'm alive. So it's fine. You gave me the greatest gift of my year, which is a space trash podcast and your trash Lorette sister. So I think we're good. (laughs) I honestly think we're good. We're square. We're, we're square. We're square. But um, I was so overdraft. And what was interesting was that like the Jews, when they appear to have nothing, I, because I know how manifestation works and because honestly, your drama, your panic, everybody listening, it's a motherfucking luxury. I didn't have time mm-hmm. to be panicked or, or dramatic. I had to like stay fucking up. So I had to rewrite my mind and I was like, you know what? I'm leaning so fucking hard into this overdraft. Kind of like I did the other day where I was burning dollars and shaming everybody for having hoarding money or whatever on Instagram. It's like I was, I leaned so hard into it. I said, no, I'm going overdraft because this is all fucking fake anyway and all good. So the first thing that happened was I was saying to everybody, look, don't worry about me. Don't worry about – and people were buying sessions and shit. But once you're $900 overdraft, unless somebody buys something for 
$1,000 or more, you just fucking, and it actually makes you resent those people buying things more because it just sinks into your overdraft and it doesn't, it just goes away, right? It's fucking quicksand of Travis Scott concert of money. Okay. So, ooh, you know, when you've been through trauma for all of these centuries, like the Jews have been, you just, you go for the joke. But anyway, so, um, finally, I, it's the next Monday morning. I cannot get out of overdraft because usually I can, I've been saying to everybody, I can call and get out. I'm, I'm miracle worker. I can call and at least get some of the fees back. Well, for whatever reason, well, the reason was because I clearly overdrafted in the first place and then continued to overdraft for about seven days. I, um, couldn't argue any of my fees. I was just straight up overdraft and the bank cannot do anything for like a 14 overdraft bill kind of thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So the next day, um, I go to Randy's. He's in Bushwick. I wake up in the morning, and I'm like, I just got to go to the bank and see what they'll do, right? So I – oh, no, 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 no. That's not true. Spirit Baby Lady had told me that I needed to change my rates. So I was like, fuck. If there was ever a time to change my rates, it would be now mm-hmm. because now even people are paying me, and it's not helpful. But if I change my rates to $2,220 a month, even if just one person signed up, it would get me out of overdraft and give me money for the week, right? So I just fucking did it. I changed it on my website. And then I wake up the next morning. I'm not kidding you. Somebody had bought $2,222 worth, worth of life coaching. Right? Oh so I was God. like, miracle of miracles, but then there's more. So now I'm about $1,000 plus because I had already was $1,000 overdraft. But And I couldn't get the fees back. Who cares? I got $1,000. bucks. i am fine. I clean up this house. I take the uh, taxi, because I could, to Randy's in Bushwick. And, or, yeah, in Bushwick, and, and we're having a great day. I buy us an expensive dinner. I wake up in the morning to another overdraft notification. Mm. Turns out, while I had been in Harlem, there had been fraud on my, or, or somebody had stolen my credit card info. I guess they were, what a horrible target I am. They were waiting for me to get out of overdraft or something. Because <laughs> the minute that I had, they, they couldn't have taken anything in the first place. But the minute that I had $1,000 in the bank account, minus whatever nice dinner I got us, they took the rest, right? No. So I wake up in the morning. I think I'm, I'm going to get us breakfast, babe. Let's do salmon and lox, the juice. the opposite of a miracle. Like, no, no, no. The story's, the story's not over. It's a greater miracle than you could possibly imagine. Okay, okay, okay. I'll try to do it in a minute. I'm really sorry. So anyway, then I wake up in the morning. I go to get us expensive breakfast. I realize that I have $9. Not overdraft yet, but where's all the money? It's a couple of like $900. So I call the bank. They say, blah, blah, blah. Somebody use your credit card in $200 increments to take out chunks of money in Kansas. Are you sure you weren't in Kansas this morning? I said, I'm positive. So they said, okay, well, this is clearly fraud. It's going to take 11 days or 10, 10 to 11 days to get back into your bank account. But in the meantime, you need to go get a new card from the bank. I'm like, okay. So I walk my ass over to the Bushwick Bank. I'm waiting in line to get a card. It is over three hours that I'm there. It is like a madhouse in there. People don't have shirts on. There's fist fighting. There's families. It's it's a nightmare, okay? And the guy who's managing the whole shebang is doing a really good job. And even though my phone had died midway through, I had really no hope for the future, I said to the guy, I went over to him, I said, first of all, is there a charger anywhere that I can use? Second of all, I just want to say, you're doing a good job. I've had to sit here with no phone for the last hour, and I cannot believe the patience with which you are handling this absolute hell of a Bank of America right now. He's laughing. He's like, thank you, blah, 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 blah. Long story, still long, but trying to make it shorter. After I had been there for an exorbitant amount of time, I found a charger. He's like, you know what? I'm taking my lunch break, but first come into the office with me. So he goes to take his lunch break. Somebody takes his place. He takes me into one of the side rooms and we start talking. And obviously I'd been there with him all day. Ha 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 ha. And he's like, so what are you doing here? And he pulls up my account. and I'm like, well, first of all, I finally got out of overdraft and then uh, fraud was on my card. Ha 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 ha. 
he he turns his screen around and he's like, check it out. And he had undone all 14 overdraft fees. Whoa. Which was like 300 something dollars. So all of a sudden I was no longer overdraft. Sent, gave me a new card. But then, because in our conversation I had mentioned that I was an astrologer or whatever, he bought a session while we were sitting there. So not only did I did I... Did I functionally, by going so fucking overdraft, but remaining nervous system calm, trusting that God had my back, that the universe had my back? Because what else can I fucking do? Kill myself? So <laughs> I, you know, who am I going to, all my artist friends, can everybody chip in $5? It wouldn't even mean a difference, right? Right. And it's funny because friends that actually have money, they don't want to hear about your overdraft. That makes it, so it's, it's like, okay. Yeah, they start so, like, itching like they have scabies. Well, they, they just go, wow, you have problems. And it's like, yeah, so do you, but. Anyway, so so I, I have 99 problems and wealth hoarding isn't one of them. Wealth hoarding is not. I, I'm a sharer. Sharing is caring. Okay. So anyway, I, uh, I ended up making money on the overdraft overall because I, none of the fees counted, which means I just spent money that then I didn't get feed for. So it was covered. But then all the fees, all the fees were returned. So I didn't overdraft one time according to the record, and sitting there, I made money because he bought a session, and through it all, I ended up raising my rates, which then, within the next week, got me another client at that rate, changing my life forever, and in a way, it was sort of a gift because, you know, if I had that $1,000 to spend that one week, I would have spent it, Sephora, Sephora. because I, I didn't have it 10 days from that day, and I, when I received nine hundred dollars in my bank account, boy, oh boy, was it a was it a Hanukkah miracle? That's the sort of Shabbos candle. That's sort of the candle you light it with, which is like, damn, the button on the end is that I actually got this money back at a time when now I need it again because I've spent all the money. Ah, ha, ha, You've ha, been ha, living ha. on bodega sushi for a week. Yeah, 100%. That is a miracle. That actually is a miracle. That is a few miracles. It's a few miracles. It's it's eight at least at least eight days of miracles. That's a course in miracles. It's a it's a course. Well, that's why what part of Mooniversity, Molly, which we have to have a meeting about, we will be doing a course in Moonules. Now, tell us a little bit about what 1995 Sarah was doing for Hanukkah. 1995 Sarah, she was um, she was feeling all loved up because at that time the family had money. So what what happens then <laughs> is that for eight days you get gifts. And they kind of progressively grow. It, families would all do it differently. The bottom line is you gather every night around sundown. You light the candles. You eat the latkes. You eat the, you know, you eat the matzah. You do all the shit. And you get a little gift reminding you that, like, you're a miracle and there's hope. And it's not fucking bullshit Christmas. One night and some guy brings you gifts? No. No. We're going to do it over eight nights and we're going to take care of you, family. Family takes care of each other, And ours, right? is, ours is very, like, BDSM-esque. Like, were you a good girl? Good girl or bad girl. And Big Fat Santa's going to come fuck you either way. <laughs> Lock off your chimneys if you don't want us there. This guy does not know about consent. Not in the <laughs> least. Exactly. Man, well, you got issues. But I will say that um, even then, I don't know if it was America or what but I definitely at that time 1995 Sarah was pressuring my mom like can't we just have a tree for the aesthetics can't we do anything that's like pretty and fun or you know performative in any way so we did put um 
lights on our one of our indoor plants, which became a Hanukkah. Some people will have like a Hanukkah bush. That's it's not religious as much as it's competitive with those BDSM loving Christians, Catholics, Jesus mm. freaks. But either way, um, that's not a that's not Hanukkah bush is not a traditional part of the ceremony. It was just Sarah trying to assimilate to the culture. I pig, so you know. Okay, I want to say that everyone is welcome to celebrate Christmas because most <laughs> of its roots are in pagan paganism anyway. <gasps> You're kidding me. Yeah, the like, tree. Yeah, the tree is pagan. Santa's just. Santa is something else. Coca Cola. Well, like, so this is a real question, though. Okay, so like, what's the deal with Santa? As someone who really does not know, like, is he part of the Bible? Well, I he, guess he was no, Saint Nicholas. Later, he's not. He's, yeah, he's Saint Nicholas, but he's just a guy that did some stuff and became canonized because you know, for a long time in the Western world, anyone who did anything noteworthy became a saint. It was almost like irrespective of religion. You know what I mean? Mm. And so that more was Saint Nicholas fat. Probably not. There wasn't enough food back then. Wouldn't and you be so furious? Yeah, if everyone remembered you as <laughs> yeah. yeah. People just remembered you as Santa instead of, like, the fucking hot St. Nicholas. Right, when you were, like, <laughs> eating paleo naturally because what? there was no Doritos. The but one I- year I wasn't fat. Fuck you guys. Yeah. But, yeah, Santa Claus has nothing to do with Christianity or religion, really. Yeah, like, like there's, like, the story of the nativity and then there's Santa and a Christmas tree and everything else. So yeah, Santa's they're... just, like, straight up random. Pretty much. Like, he just, he was, he was sort of came from the collective unconscious. Like, we need a mascot of this holiday. Well, in a way, it's sort of like Santa is the, is the miracle for the Christians because it's, like, this thing that should have just been sticky ended up lasting a huge amount of time for no fucking reason yeah. and it does unify an entire collective and like truly our vision of santa did not exist until the 1950s with the coca-cola ads like the guy in the red suit didn't exist until them it's like wow it's like, it's like easter bunny has there's no easter bunny in the bible what don't say these things casey thinks there's a bunny in the bible that is <laughs> lucky but so yeah anyway my point is everyone can take and pick and choose and leave behind whatever aspects of Christmas that they want. I, in my opinion, because I agree. first of all, no one has ownership over a holiday. And second of all, there is at this point, if you don't go to mass, you're not celebrating a religious holiday, which I don't usually go to mass. Well, for what's really funny too. side note, I usually go to mass. So Sarah, with all this talk of Hanukkah and Christmas gift giving, yada, 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 can you give us a little rundown on how the Sagittarius season kind of kind of works with the holidays? Because I was just noticing, like, I just, as soon as Sag season hits, I'm drinking a little more wine. I'm spending a little more money. You know what I'm saying? Sarah's an amazing astrologer, so that's why I'm asking her about Sag season. Okay, and I am a pushy Capricorn, so I have to interject real quick that I am confused by Sagittarius because I feel like it's a jubilant vibe, but also I laughed really hard when I saw, Casey, that um, your your default email signature is sincerely. Because that's... <laughs> Mine is? Yes. That's so funny, Molly. Oh, I didn't even notice that. Like Because to me, I feel like Sagittarius has an element of that as well. So, Sarah. Righteousness. Righteousness. Or, like, just under the guise of being sincere. Well, I think what you're trying to say is, like, I mean, righteousness is a good word. It's, like, the reason sincerely makes you laugh, I assume, 
is because you're like, she's not being sincere. She's drunk. <laughs> no, it's because she sent me like a list of Airbnbs in Atlantic City and it was like, sincerely, Casey Bunker. That's okay, I need to take that out of my <laughs> Maybe it's just bad, sort of a, a brand over a brand oversight on Casey's part. But okay. to answer to answer both your questions, and I can speak to this sincerely as well once I get through the first part. So, if you think about the the zodiac as evolutionary, right? We'll start with Libra, this the top of the chart. Libra is marriage. Scorpio is bondage, right? So it's what happens after you're married. It's what happens between two people. It's the death and rebirth cycle that alchemy creates but it's heavy and it always is a death and it always is dark and it always is secrets and underworld transformations that really adjust our sense of norm when it comes to power and and authority and resources right then Sagittarius season hits and it's like whoa we walked through hell we're reborn let's we're not quite done with the cycle yet but if we're gonna have to end up in Capricornville the devil where there are rules anyway let's fucking party on the way down that's Sagittarius season it's the escape from the deep dark before we get into the wait a second wait a second wait a second this is too debaucherous okay I think also so obviously Casey is a Sagittarius I have dated a couple Sagittarians, which I never put it together before. For some reason, I've been checking Facebook more lately, and I've gotten like three or four ex-boyfriends in the past few days. And I was like, oh my God, I dated so many Sagittarius guys. And all of them have an element, and this is what I was getting at with sincerely, of self-seriousness. Well, that is what Sag is. So how does that go with partying? So it goes with partying because, okay, what else does Sag represent? Religion. What else does Sag represent? Higher education. So the thing about Sag, if you think about opposites, right? So Sag and Gemini are opposite each other. Gemini is genuinely information finding, curious, humble. There's a certain humility to the Gemini energy, which is like, I don't know. And like, let's find out. And how can we connect on this? Whereas Sagittarius is like, I've traveled the world and now I know. And as a result, you can come to my party. So it's sort of like a, you know, Sagittarian beliefs are very fixed. That's what's been so painful for all the Sagittarians over the past 18 months. Because, like, you've been wrong, actually, about a couple things. And you don't like to, you don't want to hear it, right? So Sagittarius, on the one hand, on, on a basic level, it is the truth with a capital T. It is belief systems. It is the celebration of passion returning when there's a rebirth, right? Scorpio is the deep feelings. Water. Sagittarius is fire, which is always a passionate, you know, heart-centered energy. So it's sort of like I've moved through hell and come through to the truth. And now we can party as a result of me knowing the answers because I made it through hell. Casey, what do you think was your hell? Um, just like my twenties in general, I feel. Well, I think being your sister, no. Mom, honestly, I think being your sister because Casey oh, is God. a cat. Casey's a Scorpio rising, which means when she arrived on planet Earth, she actually had to already lead with "I'm bonded to these people," and then she kind of brought "I'm lighting it up" to the to the to the vibe, and that is what she did to your family. She lightened things up. Her family's pretty freaking light. Well, I know. I'm saying, though. In terms no, but you guys us, get intense, and I feel compared like i like, you guys. I mean, I will say, true. compared, as, as, as two people that I talk with almost every week now, 
Molly and Casey's intensity levels are starkly different. How so? You're more intense. In what way? <laughs> In every single way. <laughs> Which I like. I mean, I'm a Capricorn. I'm a. I'm more like you. I'm actually like. A, well, I've said this from the beginning. I'm sort of a blend of both of you. Yeah. Like you're, but your midheaven is Sagittarian. So, like, why do you do comedy oh. and podcasting instead of being like an actual evangelical leader or like a professor? Because you're like, all right, I am going to deliver this tough information to you in a fun way right that's yeah that's like long term your legacy that's why you're right about comedy and you're right about the the path you're taking if you had just stuck to straight journalism it would not have been satisfying in your legacy sagittarian way right because for you you actually are passionate about not in a megalomaniac way but in a sincere way of like adjusting the belief systems Mm -hmm. you actually are a truth teller and you actually do say that's why you can be a comedian because comedians the only reason comedy is funny is because it's the fucking truth Mm -hmm. right so that's like your work your life's work is sagittarius you're a capricorn so your solar energy is going to be a public version of a sagittarius that's not you know too dogmatic or sloppy right but that's that's where it is in your chart for casey she's left first and second house sagittarius which means she values the party whereas you're kind of showing up like delivering the party but you give me an itinerary beforehand casey's falling asleep on our zooms (laughs) i usually fall asleep before the zoom before the zoom and then she peters out at a certain point and i go okay let's wrap this up (laughs) but she's down but she's fucking down because She's just kind of like, you know, down to fucking, and as a Gemini moon, it's great because she's like, yeah, I kind of just like, the same way I want to run, I kind of do just want to like talk about stuff that I don't know if I even mean. That's why Casey and I can do Bachelor because it really doesn't fucking matter and it, it, it's literally our dumb opinions like, like contradicting each other, you know, yeah. which, like, what, if I, what if it's this? What if it's this? What if it's this? <laughs> Molly, with you, it's more like we're actually doing like news stories and education about astrology and we're and and we're thinking about what the people are listening to like you're a much more structured thinker than casey and i are and we appreciate you for it we need you because otherwise casey and i would just be end up doing like a drunk bachelor pod that we didn't even end up editing or posting because we're like too hungover (laughs) (laughs) has that happened maybe (laughs) not yet because i'm a capricorn moon mars so i would never i'll do a solo (laughs) cast if i fucking have to but if you're having margaritas that's okay you're sad I think that comes close to happening with me also more more than you know. Well, I know that, but you are a Capricorn Taurus, so whereas Casey as a Capricorn whereas Casey as a Sag Gemini has really no um sort of Casey's only control issues are really in her like first house of identity. So right, like it's <laughs> like we're 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 honoring just some structures that she has to be bullshit about. In order to survive. But then otherwise, she's like, bleh. I don't care. You and I are like, no, Capricorn. And you and I also both have, all of us actually have a lot of eighth house, which is the Scorpio house. So we are all low key doing some kind of a occult strategizing on every level, which is also why the three of us can trust each other because we go, you know what? You're a deviant too. You're a deviant too. You're an ambitious deviant too. So I'm going to trust the things that you say, just trust me on this. And I'm going to say, I'm going to trust that you're going to trust things I say, just trust me on this. But otherwise, like as Capricorn's Molly, you and I are committed to climbing the fucking mountain, period. Mm -hmm. 
We are, even if we complain about it or it seems hard, we love it. Yeah, but I also get really angry when I'm not seeing progress. Like right now I'm like, I need to, I need to get something right now. Okay, but then go, go back to my miracle though. Go back to my miracle. Because if you wait to see the progress, wow, this is so fucking deep, you guys. Fuck, this could be the end of the episode. Shit. Okay, go with me here. Hanukkah miracle. If you wait to see the progress, then you will not be pleased. If they were like, fuck, we only have one night's worth of oil. We're fucked. We fucking fought the Greek army. We won with our bare hands and our little Jewish penises or whatever. And, and, and now we're fucked, right? They actually had to use that little oil and while they're $900 overdraft, not act like they are they had to go no i actually believe in miracles and when you are in the energy of who knows how long this fucking oil will last how many times have we been driving on the highway at empty gas tank couple too many couple too many how many times have we gotten should have good should have could have would have gotten a dewey if we weren't so guided by spirit okay <laughs> it's like it's like there, there is always the and, and as eighth housers as scorpio people we know there is always the element of spirit, of the occult present, whether we can see it or, yes. or not. And that's same as the fucking agnostics who are so pompous to say, we actually know there's no God. Well, that's Making atheists. them the gods. Or atheists, I mean, atheists. Mean, sorry, agnostics. Sorry. Agnostics are fine. They're going, we don't know. Yeah, they're chill. Right. They're, they're, chill. they're chill. No, the atheists is what I mean. Right, the atheists going, there's no God, you idiots, makes you kind of a hypocrite. So we know better than to pretend like we know anything and what we now know because of Hanukkah is when you don't walk into a situation with an expectation and then get disappointed by what it seems like you have if you actually go you know what here's what I have I believe in miracles right I think if you could just stay quote-unquote overdraft in whatever the quote-unquote results you think from your ego mind should have happened by now you'll find that what's being, I'm glad that I overdrafted all those times. Not only would I not have experienced the miracle of having such good people skills that they were literally just reversed. 14 of them were reversed right before, right before my eyes, right? On one of the worst days ever. But because I wouldn't have ever changed my rates if I hadn't been so overdraft. So actually walking through the fire, walking through the fire of hell and actually going, you know what? Either way, my nervous system is regulated and I will not believe fear. There's always two options in our thoughts. There's fear or there's love. The minute that you're like, no, I'm really fucked, or like, no, there should be something different happening, you're in fear. You're in lack. That's why people hoard money. They go, you don't understand my lifestyle. is more expensive. So you don't really understand what it takes. And it's like, okay, gotcha. So when you say, I don't have enough money for that, that's not what you mean. Right. You mean, I don't feel comfortable. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. So if you can actually have a miracle and relate to whatever – Whatever you have in this moment, even if we have 50 listeners total, I'm so glad you guys are here. Thank you, 50 listeners. From this place, anything's possible. Eight, eight nights of lights from the listeners or whatever. I had no, I walked out of that place having raised my rates and hired twice, no overdraft fees after I had overdraft for an entire week straight, and a new client from the bank or bought a session. Ha 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 ha. You don't know what the fuck's going on. So you better not fucking atheist this shit and go, yeah, but there's no God if I don't have results. It's like, no, if you have God, you'll get results. And that is where ultimately I am not necessarily religious, but definitely, definitely rely on spirit. And it's why I'm a rabbi. That was just beautiful. Thank you. 
Thank you. Come to the moon. You will donate. It's not free. It's community. And Molly's going to do stuff, and I'm going to do stuff, and maybe Casey will even come. Really fun. Moonyule.com. Yeah, it's on Saturday, December 4th. And it's so funny that you asked this because it's a Sagittarius new moon eclipse. Well, there because it will help me not stay out until really late. That's so great. You see? You see, we can just, as the Capricorns, we just are responsible for setting up structures. So I'm doing it at the Moonule. You're doing it with the trash cast. And then the rest can be Sagittarian, which is like, now that we have a home, party, have a house party. Sagittarius is the house party. That is, like, frustrating for me, though, because I'm like, when do I get to have a house party? The minute oh, that you realize on, that you're at that fucking house party, that it's your house, that you're, you're the fat, you're, you can actually shit in the toilet because it's yours. You have a private bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> that's true and i do have plenty i have enough house parties but i should probably have less dude you have like people watching you do dirty dancing moves at your house parties it's the best it's like my dream if i was not on zoom yeah you're nailing house parties thank you my neighbors <laughs> don't think so well they can fuck off i mean yeah or let's get them drunk bring them over <laughs> Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 